Hey folks, this is Alvin Griffin. I'm here with Chris Finnig and Richard Bromberg, and we are the Muley Brigade. We'd like you guys to go ahead and follow our Facebook. Uh, we are at Muley Brigade on Facebook, and our email is muleybrigade at yahoo.com. Go ahead and email us if you have any questions and follow us. I'm going to go ahead and get into some intros about who we are and what we like to do. And we're going to go ahead and start with Richard Bromberg on that, a.k.a. Squires. Hey folks, I'm Rich Bromberg. I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, a, I wasn't a huge hunter growing up. I did go out, did some bird hunting, a little bit of whitetail hunting, uh, mostly fished. I moved out to Colorado two years ago, started to really get into the big game hunting scene. Uh, pass it over to Chris Fenning, give his little bio. How's it going, everybody? I'm Chris Fenning. I've <clears throat> been hunting for about 21 years. Started when I was five years old with my dad. I shot my first deer when I was 12. Dad was in the military, so we got to move around a lot. I've had the privilege of hunting in Idaho, Washington State, Texas, and now Colorado. I've hunted quite a few deer species. I've hunted the blacktail, the whitetail, the mule deer. Uh, I've hunted elk, bear, coyotes, you know, standard norm. Other than that, about all I got for right now. Yeah, so I'm Alvin Griffin. I am originally from Missouri. I was born and raised there. Family's a bunch of whitetail hunters. I never got into it like that until I met these two and got pretty serious about it. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and tell you what the Muley Brigade is about, and I'm going to let Finn tell you what's going on there. Yep, we're the Muley Brigade. 100% public land hunters. Uh, most of our podcasts and all the research you see on our Facebook and soon going to be our website is going to be about public land hunting. We're not too much into the guided or outfitted hunts. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, it's a good, good idea for some people when they get into a new area to hire an outfitter to take them out so they know can... Get a lay of the land and figure out how to hunt it. But for us, we actually enjoy doing the research, finding our own spots, and that provides us with a lot of satisfaction when we actually get to harvest an animal from those spots. And we're meat hunters. Uh, we're not big into trophy hunting as of yet. Uh, it steps out in front of us, and it's a legal buck or... Actually, if it's illegal anything, it's probably going to drop in its tracks. Because we're about filling the freezer at this point. I mean, maybe later on when we get a couple uh, bucks under our belt, and maybe we'll start to wait and try to get more mature animals. But with the public land that we hunt, most of the time you're not getting prime time units. And the success rate is relatively low. So we're going to take what we can get. We're also all in the military, so that's a unique opportunity for us to travel travel around and hunt different states. And I feel like that's not a lot of not a lot of young people get to do that or experience that. I feel like it's the older generation once they retire actually get out and hunt a different state because they have the money or they have the time. But when we go into different states, public land hunting, we're going to talk about how 
you as a younger hunter can get out there and experience different states for not that much money. When you think about it, when you're public land hunting, you basically just have to save up enough to get your tags and get the gas to get out there. The rest is up to, to you and the research you do. 100% agree. Rob, you got anything to elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, our hunts are, we don't have a lot of points or any points usually for these hunts we're doing. So we're kind of using the tools we have, you know, a lot of the state fishing game sites are loaded with tools to help you analyze land, uh, draw rates, success rates. So the tags we're putting in, you know, to get in these different states, we already know we have a real good chance of drawing them with zero points. And, you know, sometimes opportunity is limited, but as long as you're willing to put in the work in these units, the quality of animals you get to hunt is really good. So, and, you know, a little bit in this podcast and future podcasts, we're going to get into, you know, point systems with the states, what it takes to draw certain tags. And that's about all I got right now. All right. And the only thing I can say about that is a future podcast maybe that we'll have is some e-scouting uh, tips and and whatnot to get into areas that will help you be successful on your hunt. And as we move forward, let's go ahead and just talk about what we've already talked about. We've introduced ourselves, told you what we're about. Uh, we've given some evaluation on that. And now we're going to move into a 2017 recap, and it's going to be real brief. We'll go ahead and start with our elk camp. Um, it wasn't a, su a successful elk camp. Just go ahead and put that out front. Um, the only action I myself seen the entire week was a bull on opening morning that I wasn't able to tell if it was legal or not. Um, he needed about 10 more yards of walking forward and then I would have been okay. But unfortunately that didn't pan out and he walked out of my life. Um, and the only other hunter that we had that week that had seen any elk was Brom. And I'll let him tell you about that. Yeah, again, I seen a bull opening morning. It was not in range to, to get a shot on. I did see a couple cows, again, was not able to get a shot on either one of those, just based on positioning. But again, you know, we're hunting general over the counter tags, and we're getting opportunity. So that's the big thing if you're starting off, is to know, you know, if you're willing to put in some work, you're going to get opportunity to hunt these animals. You're not always going to be successful, but the opportunity is there. So with that being said, that was the week-long hunt that all three of us participated in. Um, Finn and Brom ended up making a weekend trip later on in the season during the rut. And that was something that I wasn't able to attend, but I will let Finn tell you about that weekend briefly. Yeah, we came in the last week, week into the season, and we got into some rut in action. So that was it was kind of a learning experience, but we know we knew we were going on an early season hunt. Because Griffin was expecting a baby at the time, so he was going to be able to make the late season. So we decided as a group to go out in the early season, even though it wasn't the prime time for elk. And when we went out there last weekend, we did hear a bunch of bulls bugling. And we got up on them the first night, but the wind shifted, so we decided to leave them. And the next day, the weather took a turn for the worst, and there was just no activity. So... 
that kind of ended our hunt. We were soaked and it's pretty miserable. It's pretty bad into a hunt, but learning experiences nonetheless. And that was the 2017 elk camp that we had. Um, we'll go ahead and move into our antelope hunts that took place in Wyoming. And Finn will describe to you what took place on those early hunts. Yeah, on the early hunts we had Brom actually shot the first lope, a uh, yearling lope that he got in one of our honey holes that we had found using a GPS. It's highly recommended that if you're going to go to Wyoming or actually probably any state that has checkerboard land or uh, doesn't have a lot of national forest where you can just go out freely and be able to shoot anything you see, you're going to want to get a GPS so you know where you're at. Uh, maps are great, but in situations such as Wyoming where land is, you know, it's it's a really big mix between private and public, and most of the units you can draw with zero points, which we didn't have any at the beginning of the season. So you're going to want a GPS to pinpoint where you're at. Uh, Bromberg took his lope on a little sliver of public land that we found. And then actually the next weekend we went back, driving out of Denver. We got up to Cheyenne, then we made it up to our spot. And drove past a little sliver of state land. Bromberg actually spotted the lopes that we missed. He called us up and made a stock on those lopes and actually got two doe antelope tags filled that day. Yeah, that was, I'll just go ahead and come out and say that was my first animal that I have ever killed. Um, and I think it was uh, Brahms as well. So we're going to move on from the Wyoming antelope hunts and into. Our deer seasons. Um, now, this is a camp that we did separately. Brom had a family camp where his family came out from Massachusetts. And me and Finn went to a different unit that he had done a lot of research on while I was out of country. And we're going to go ahead and start with Brom talking about his family deer camp. Yeah, so a brief recap. We had hunted this unit the year before with you know, little success. Actually, no success. Uh, we were seeing some deer... Just not any bucks. Um, this year we did happen to, to take two bucks, you know, for the camp. I took one. My brother took one. Uh, we've seen a bunch. You know, the animals are there. Again, this is a, a unit that took zero points to draw. So we had plenty of opportunity, and we filled two of five tags for deer. And that is, that is our camp. Yeah, so... Myself and Finn went out west in Colorado on the Utah border, and he did all of the research for this, and I applaud him for doing such because it was it was awesome. it was a great experience. Uh, do you want to get into the research that you had done to find this area? Yeah, that's one thing, especially for out of staters. I mean, this area that we were hunting was like five hours away from where we live. So I knew that by the time he got back, we were most likely not going to be able to scout. It's just in the story. It's a lot of gas. It's, you know, we got to save up for tags, game bags, new packs and stuff like that because we are public land. We have regular jobs just like everybody else. 
So we really need to consolidate our money and use it wisely to actually be able to go on all these hunts. And as far as the research, check the state wildlife website first and foremost. Uh, check the regs and then see if they have any interactive maps or uh, statistics that you can look at. And that's a huge help. That's where I did most of my research. Here in Colorado, we're lucky. They have a Colorado Hunt Atlas, which has everything you need. They have roadmaps. They have uh, satellite overlays, uh, migration corridors, everything you could possibly need. And then they also break every species up into statistics for every unit, which will give you how many people hunted that unit, how successful they were, uh, how many days they spent in the field. So that's all I really got to say on that. Those are all specifics that we'll get into in a later podcast. And we'll do it by state-specific uh, state sites. Yes. Once we figure out a state to where we think we know enough knowledge that we could actually help somebody in future hunts, we're going to be doing state breakdowns to get you familiarized with states that we did a lot of research on. So maybe you can cut a little, cut a couple corners and have a better time figuring out where your next hunt's going or to be. Or if you simply don't know, it could be a, a starting basis for you. With yeah, that being said, we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into the recap of our camp. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, you know, we, we struggled for th two or three days finding the animals. You know, we were up and down and all over the units that we were in. And finally, we found a great uh, area and was able to pattern the deer. Um, uh, I want to say it was Wednesday night of uh, the week hunt. I was able to take my little forked horn deer he was legal. I had never killed a buck. I shot him. Meat in the freezer. Simple as that. Uh, and then the next morning, Finn had put a couple stocks on unsuccessfully until he crossed paths with another set of deer and was able to take down a nice two-by-three deer. Really? Um, so that was our... Obviously. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Uh, the Muley Brigade. You know. <laughs> that was our Western Colorado experience for this year. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that we will be returning to that area. Um, with that all being said, um, you know, there was other animals that we had hunted throughout the year, mostly uh, mule deer, more antelope hunts. Um, we all successfully tagged doe mule deer in central Colorado. And... Um, so, with that being said, you guys got any closing thoughts for these folks? I just want to say that, just want to recap, we are the, you know, Mealy Brigade on Facebook. Our email address is mealybrigade at yahoo.com. Please send us any inquiries on Colorado that you have. We'll help you to the best of our abilities. I've done a lot of research in this state. I have it pegged down pretty good. As far as, you know, general, how to get the tags, how the seasons work, stuff like that. So don't be afraid to shoot us, you know, a message on Facebook or an email. We'll help you to the best of our ability. And we're going to be getting more in-depth on this public land hunting as we progress in the podcast. And in Finn's defense, he is the one who helped myself and Bromberg acquire tags our first year here. Um... He also is acquired the nickname the analyst for us. 
Um, Brown, what about you? Close thoughts? No, just uh, check out our Facebook page. Uh, send us pictures of your deer. We always want to see those. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Trophy or not, we're not judgmental over here at Mealy Brigade. We understand when you got to fill the freezer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not everybody, like the TV shows, gets to go out and hunt 30 days a year or get all these special hunts. We understand, you know, some people just got to go on the weekend. And if you shoot a nice doe or a nice two-by-two, send it in. We're glad, we're happy to see those just as much as we're happy to see huge deer. It's not about the deer. It's about what you put into it and the experience for you. And that's firmly what I believe in. If you have a great story, but you shot a doe, that could be as, a better story than somebody who shot a you know, 140 class mule deer. I agree. Yeah, do-it-yourself hunt, any animal taken is a trophy. Yeah. So, my closing thoughts are, meat in the freezer, meat is the trophy for us. You know, that, that is our go-to. That is what our number one goal is when we head out on our hunts. Um, also, please follow us on Facebook. Again, post your pictures. We're going to post our pictures of our kills from this year. So that you can take a look. We're not ashamed. They're not super impressive. But, again, meet in the freezer. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook at Muley Brigade. Or email us at muleybrigade at yahoo.com. Thank you.